0: Let's worship God. Father, we love you. We worship you and we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for moving in our midst this morning. We thank you, Lord, you're transforming us. We didn't come to attend a religious service. We came to experience you. We came to exalt you and to magnify your name. We came to fellowship with your spirit. We came to to grow in the reality of you and to experience more of you. So, Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming to this warehouse and worshiping you and being ministered to by your spirit and through your word in Jesus name amen we're gonna finish up the last several weeks we've been going over the highway vision and we're gonna finish that up today if we could put the slides up there of the home screen of our website that would be great we've been talking about the highway vision and we've been doing that in three parts the highway vision highway commitment and highway expansion So the vision, if you go to the homepage of our website at highwaychurch.us, highwaychurch.us, you'll see get on the highway, an invitation. Jesus is the highway. A highway is a structure that enables us to go from where we are to where we want to be. In life, Jesus is that highway. Let's scroll down. let me go to that next slide. It says our purpose. See, the purpose is everything have you ever thought about the way we operate on a daily basis let's say I have a purpose to to have a peanut butter sandwich in the morning right so I get up and I want a peanut butter sandwich Well, what happens I have a purpose and then what, what happens after the purpose I start to envision it yeah. Yeah. so purpose comes first then the vision comes from your purpose I begin to see the toast the Jeff or whatever. right? The, I, I see the, the knife covered with peanut butter, right? right? And then I begin generating ideas how to make it happen. So purpose, vision, then ideas, right? And then what I do, I, I organize those ideas. Okay, I've got to go down the steps, I've got to get the toast out of the, refrigerator, the bread out of the refrigerator, put it in the toaster, get the peanut butter out of the pan. I start organizing the next actions, Right? This is a natural process that we go through in daily life. We have a purpose, and then we see it. And then we we start brainstorming, how can we make that happen? Then we organize those actions, then we begin doing them. All right? So this is our purpose. Everything starts from here. We exist. Our purpose is to help people enjoy a real relationship with the real Jesus. Now, we've got our work cut out for us because there's so much religious tradition out there, right? But that's okay. Christ in us can handle it. The real Jesus, and there are three elements of that, who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. Okay? Let's go to that next, the About Us page. On the About Us page, we've got our vision. Okay, but let's read the top there. It says, At Highway Church... We realize Jesus did not come to establish a religion, but to bring us into a relationship with the one who made us. And then we quote Jesus. It's good to quote Jesus. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. More and better life than they ever dreamed of Jesus. You can quote him on that. All right, now we've got our vision right down here. It says we see because of our purpose. So our purpose is to bring people into this real relationship with who he is, what he's done for them, and who they are in him. As a result of that, we see a vibrant, growing church. That's what we see as a result of our purpose, where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. Okay? Okay? That's what we see. Now, we we're not going to go back through the, the beginning, the vision, the commitment. We're going to finish up. We've been on expansion, and that's where we're going to take it right from there. Highway expansion. We said at the beginning of last week, we said to live a life led by the Holy Spirit is to live a life of expansion. You can't follow Christ and not grow stronger. It's impossible. Now you might be following religious tradition, that will actually can make you weak and wear you out, but if you're following the real Jesus, not man's idea, or religious tradition, Jesus, but the real Jesus, the same Jesus that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts and the rest of the Bible, He will make you stronger. He will take you higher. He will cause you to expand and to increase. That's what he does. You're getting stronger every day. You are not who you were five months ago. You're not, you're not as strong as you were last week. You're stronger. You're stronger now than you were at 6.30 this morning. You're going to be stronger at noon than you are now. It's this ever-increasing glory that we are in. That's the God who made us, and he has no limits. We're the only ones who can limit what he wants to do in our lives by not believing him. In the Psalms, it said they limited the Holy One of Israel through their wrong thinking. Let's not do that. Let's get rid of our wrong thinking and let the unlimited one be unlimited in us, right? Right? So I'm going to read you again some synonyms, some definitions of the word expansion. To grow, to become and make larger, to become and make bigger. To live a life led by the Spirit is to live a life of expansion. To increase in size and scope, to extend, to augment, to broaden, to widen, to develop, to diversify, to multiply to add to, to build up, to scale up, to branch out, to broaden one's horizons. Would you let the Holy Spirit broaden our horizon? Extend one's operations. Spread, proliferate, mushroom. 2 Corinthians 3.18, can we put that up there? In the Amplified, thank you so much. It says, In all of us, as with unveiled face, because we are continued to, excuse me, uh, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. When you're reading your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to show you your new creation self. That's who you really are. Say, Holy Spirit, show me who I am in you. Show me how strong I am. Show me how healed I am. Show me how wise and discerning I am in you. That I have the mind of Christ. It's when you're reading the Word of God or hearing the Word of God like you're hearing now. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured. So, oh my, I tell you what, I'm sorry, we're just gonna have to let the Holy Spirit minister to us. Whew. Woo! Boy, does he love you. He moves in my life so I can move in your life and bless you with this message. Listen. You might be dealing with someone, but the reason you're struggling is dealing with something, or maybe someone, <laughs> something. But if you're struggling with it, it's simply because you're not seeing yourself. You're not seeing your new creation self. So open the Word and say, Holy Spirit, show me who I am in Christ. There are times when the last thing I looked and felt like was healed all kinds of symptoms and pains and discomfort, and I had to look in the Word to see how healed I was. It is the mirror. It is the only mirror that can show you your true self in Christ. How important it is to have a hard copy mirror. Right? Constantly being transfigured. Constantly being transfigured. That's us. Things aren't going to be like they were a month ago, a year ago, three years ago. We're constantly being transfigured and we want that. We We look for that because we're following the Alpha and the Omega, the unchanging God, and we're changing. We're constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor. Hallelujah. And from one degree of glory to another. I'm amazed, you know, we have the air conditioning on and the difference that one degree will make. Amazing. Just one degree of change. You can go from being too cold to comfortable. Same thing with heat, just one degree can be the difference between the atmosphere you're looking for and the uncomfortableness you're feeling now. Just one degree. Just one degree. There's a rule when driving called the two-degree rule. Have you ever heard that? That if your car veers off the road, you don't want to do this, right? Just a two-degree, just a little turn of that wheel, little turn of that wheel, right you don't need a huge change in your life just a little transformation just a little just a degree one degree at a time one and sometimes that's why we miss it because we're we're looking for our that manifestation of our total healing but sometimes it, we, we when you see a degree of it start praising him before you see a degree of it start praising him One degree, two degrees, three degrees. All of a sudden, it's fully manifest and there you are. One degree. Hallelujah. We're sensitive to the degrees that the Lord is leading us to. Hallelujah. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It is no coincidence that we are meeting, having worship services in a warehouse. Look around you. The Lord led us to have worship services in this place. There's a lot of reasons for that. Do you know a warehouse is a place where raw materials are kept, and manufactured goods are stored, and they're made ready for distribution. Do you know that you have inside of you raw material? Each person is full of raw materials. What are your raw materials? Your God-given personality traits. Be you. Your God-given personality traits. The giftings that you have. The talents that you have. The ideas that you have those are raw materials inside of you and I want you to know that no one is qualified to identify them like the one who made you so you've got to understand when we're in this warehouse the Holy Spirit is going to be identifying your raw materials and no one can combine those raw materials and put them together and manufacture you and get you ready for distribution like the Holy Spirit and that's what's happening when you're here I want you to realize that that's what's taking place right now the Holy Spirit is taking inventory he already knows what's in there but he's revealing the inventory of your warehouse to you hmm what does it take For the raw materials inside of a person to be put together perfectly, to be utilized and released to their fullest. What does it take for that to happen? Listen closely to hear the true knowledge of God. If they don't hear that, it'll never happen. Because who you are, the fullness of you, is wrapped up in him. Because right. he made you. That's right. I want to say that again, because so many don't even know what it takes for this to happen. We're getting into Highway's product now. What does Apple make? Computers and, and accessories, right? Well, we're going to get into Highway Church's product what we manufacture in this warehouse. What does it take for raw materials inside of a person to be put together, utilized, and released to their fullness? What does it take for someone to be made ready for distribution? To hear the true knowledge of God. What is the true knowledge of God? Who Jesus is. Not religious tradition. who Jesus is, what He's done for us, and who we are in Him. This is highway's product that, that is manufactured in and through us and released in the marketplace. Just like air pods or, or, or smartphones. We are manufacturing the true knowledge of God. I don't know. The, I remember the first time I went to Ikea, it was different. Yeah. Love the Swedish meatballs. Yeah. Okay. If you've never been to Ikea, you need to go just for the Swedish meatball. But you can't shop in there the way you would shop in, in other stores you may have been. They've got instructions and a map and codes, and there's a learning curve at Ikea, right? It's different. We've come into the kingdom of God, and you've got to learn to flow with him. You've got to learn how to identify the raw materials God's put inside of you you so that he can put them together and coordinate them and develop you so that you can reach your fullest potential and that who he is can be released in you to the world around you. This is our product. This is not a product of every church. Okay. We're thankful for any church that teaches people to that Jesus is the way. Yeah, but I, I'm just being straight with you because I'm I'm selling a product, <laughs> and the vacuum cleaner I'm selling will clean your floor. <laughs> I'm telling you this: if you will hear the truth about the goodness of God, the gospel of His grace, it will transform your entire life. It will remove every fear from your life. It will make your body whole. It will make your mind whole. It will fill you with a love and a joy and a peace that are from heaven that nothing in this world can diminish or take away. This is our product. This is what's manufactured as we gather. We're talking about purpose and vision. Hallelujah, we see people manufactured, people being uh, reaching their fullest potential because they're hearing who Jesus is, what He's done for them, and who they are in Christ. And they're being distributed and released into the world around them. And people are coming to know the goodness of God through each one of us. highways like a warehouse will people come to receive God's supply how by the hearing of the word now if you're unfamiliar with the way God operates this sounds silly by the hearing of a word well that's I mean everything and I do mean everything is made of words everything If you want to start your own business, a corporation is made of words. You've got to get your corporate documents in order, your constitution, your bylaws. Everything is made of words. A marriage is made of words. Two people come together before God and they speak words to each other. What makes those words powerful? The faith in their hearts. Everything is made of words. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 teaches us that everything in this seen realm, this material realm, everything came from the unseen realm, the realm of the Spirit. Let's look at some scriptures on this. Well, am I getting ahead of myself? Hallelujah. Let me go to 2 Peter first. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Words are everything. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The product that Highway Church manufactures is the words of the goodness of God. And I, I'm praying for more warehouses and factories to be built for more places where people can come and hear the word concerning the risen Christ that he's for you and not against you that he's bore your sicknesses he carried your diseases that he'll never harm you that he doesn't use tragedies to teach people things that he's a God who delivers and protects and saves and heals and sets free 2nd Peter chapter 1 See, as you get closer to God, your value for words will increase exponentially. Before I knew Christ, I had a potty mouth. If you've got a New England accent, that's P-O-T-T-Y. Like a commode or a toilet. It's not a -A P-A-R-T-Y. It's a potty mouth. Okay? Where's my buddy Dean? Dean, you you know what I'm talking about, right? It's not a party mouth, a potty mouth in other words I had a filthy mouth filthy words came out of my mouth and I don't remember exactly I was probably I don't know 15 or 16 and I just started doing what I heard others do around me and my whole life started to change when I began to release these filthy words it changed the course of my life I didn't understand that I look back now and I can see it very clearly because I've been set free but when I came to know Christ there were no more potty words, filthy words, toilet words that wanted to come out of my mouth. Why? Because I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I was meditating and looking in the hard copy mirror. And now what was filling my heart was the goodness of God. And what came out of my mouth is the overflow of what's in our heart, right? Isn't that how we work? So words are our product. The message we preach is our product. And nothing will transform someone more than the message we're preaching. Yep. That's right. It's not preached everywhere, but it's preached here. There are churches who do. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Are you ready? Grace, God riches. God's riches at Christ's expense. All that God did for you through his son. That's what grace is. And peace, in the Greek that's That's they use that as the equivalent of shalom, untroubled, undisturbed well-being, prosperity, be multiplied to you. That means it can increase. Whatever level of grace and peace you're currently experiencing, uh, it can be increased exponentially. How? In the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. Seeing that His divine power, see, when you get the knowledge of God, this is what you begin to see. His divine power has already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Did I say first Peter? Are you and Second Peter? Second Peter one. Second Peter one verse three. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. I had no idea before I started reading this, that what, I even, what even belonged to me, what was in my warehouse, I didn't even know my own inventory. That's right, 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 right. That's right. Hallelujah. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. How? Through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Look at verse 4. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent what? What are promises? Words. Right. See you can you can fix something if you can break it down to its smallest component. Life's smallest component are words. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. See, so many are caught up in religious tradition, and they're trying, they're hoping that they can somehow improve, and maybe God will someday answer one of their prayers. That's not the message we preach here. We preach that He's already given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, and you'll begin to experience that when you hear the message we're preaching. But you've got to hear it. I would have never known that God had forgiven me if it wasn't for a man named Daniel in my life back in 1989 that told me that Christ bore my sins. I went to church my whole life, and I never heard that. We had pictures of Jesus on the cross and necklaces with Jesus on the cross, but I didn't know He bore my sins. Someone, a human being, not an angel. Angels can't preach this message. They can't do it. God made us to do it. This is our product. It's our responsibility to open our mouths and tell people that God has laid everything on Jesus. It was after I heard that he had forgiven me that I could begin to receive it and enjoy the benefits of it. Hallelujah. 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 A warehouse is a place not only where raw materials and manufactured goods are kept, but it's a place where large supplies are kept. God's supply is here. Where is his supply in his word? God's word is the product that meets every human need abundantly. What is the psalm i'm thinking of is it 138 says you have exalted your word above even your name god's word is the product that meets every human need abundantly let's look at psalm 107 many people don't understand what church is why they're even coming Maybe they'll do it out of a sense of duty or hoping it'll increase their percentages of their prayers being answered or maybe getting to heaven someday. <laughs> okay. On all that. Okay. You, can't incre- you can't increase your chances of getting to heaven. You simply just believe on Jesus and heaven is your home. Right. It's not a 37%, 58%. It's zero or 100 Nothing in between. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and heaven is your home. No sacraments needed. No sacraments needed. Faith is the sacrament. Faith in Christ is a sacrament we preach. Just believe in Christ. Glory to God. The day is here and we are proclaiming the simple truth. Just believe. Psalm 107, verse 20, this is talking about God. It says He, that's God. He sent His Word. Yes. And what happened? They were healed. He were healed. Amen. Through His Word. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from the destructions. They were healed and delivered from destruction because he put his word in the mouth of a prophet. That's what apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers are supposed to do, say what Jesus said, not what their seminary taught them. John chapter 6 verse 63. Are we doing okay? I'm doing great. <laughs> John 6:63. 6, it's time to stop caring about what people think of you. All that's going to do is limit you and hinder you. John 6:63. 6, this is the Christ himself speaking. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words. This is our product of this company, Highway Church. If you're on a sales force, you need to know what your product is, right? How can I sell a product if I don't know what my product is? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. There was a centurion, a man, who was not one of God's people. You understand that before Christ rose from the dead, the Israelites were God's people. Because they were the ones, their father was literally Abraham. Biologically speaking, they came from his line. Anyone outside of the line of Abraham was not a child of God. This Roman came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 8. You can read it for yourself. We're not going to go there for time's sake. But he said, my servants lying at home suffering and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, you don't need to come. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed this is where God wants to bring his people where all they need to know is that God has said it and it's so this is the life where no harm can befall you this is their life where nothing no variant can make you afraid Because you know that God has said Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases and by his stripes you are healed and there's no biological, chemical warfare or plan or strategy that can alter what Christ has done for you because his healing belongs to you forever. They can't manufacture anything that can come against you because every weapon formed against you will fail. Oppression will be far from you, for you shall not fear, for your righteousness is from the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're talking about highway vision, highway commitment, highway expansion. Every time we gather, and I do meet every time the ministry of the Word and the Spirit are transforming the raw materials inside each of us and equipping us to live life to our fullest, overflowing, new creation potential. Jesus. Every time we gather... There is a realization that is becoming stronger in us that we are vessels made by God to carry and distribute His kingdom yeah. Amen. everywhere we go. Every time we gather, we are surrendering more to the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are. We're surrendering more to the Holy Spirit. He's gaining more real estate in our thought life. We're giving Him full access to the deepest secrets of our conscience. We surrender to the Holy Spirit and we allow Him to manufacture His kingdom in us. We're meeting in a warehouse. (laughs) You see, when we realize what church was meant to be, how the Father sees it, we can fully partake of the benefits thereof. But if we've got the old ways of man in our head, church is going to be somewhat of a drag to us. It will be. Man, I, oh, I used to hate getting up on Sunday mornings when I was growing up. We got, I mean, we got drugged. Dragged. Thank you. If we didn't get drugged. We got dragged. Is dragged a word or drugged? Dragged, okay. We can edit this. Right? We're gonna <laughs> we got dragged to church. And man, I'd be a kid, you know, six years old. I still remember sitting in that hard pew and that cold floor and that cold atmosphere. And I just, I was like, something's not right here. And I couldn't say it. I couldn't articulate it. I was just a kid. But something was missing. And the best I could do was fall asleep. But you got to shake all that off. I mean, you may have come from a hard religious tradition. And they told you, you've got to do this. You've got to go through our list of requirements. These sacraments, sacraments have to be done or you're not saved. And, and if you're not soaking wet, you can't go to heaven and all this other stuff. you got to shake all that off if you want the fullness of Christ in your life. you got to let it all go you got to let it all go and say, Jesus, you're my all in all. I'm running with you, and no one's going to change my mind. <laughs> I was talking with, uh, it was Laura, I think, uh, this past week. And uh, she, said, uh, she said, you know, I used to think church was for nerds. And now she's a nerd, right? I <laughs> wouldn't say amen to that, John. John just said amen to his wife being a nerd. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, you know, I remember uh, living with my grandparents as a kid, and we had a neighbor, uh, Miss Stella Boer, God rest her soul, a sweet lady, but I was a jerk of a kid. And she would bring her granddaughter and grandfather and this little girl, probably six years old, would run around outside playing with jump rope and singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible. And my brother and I got so mad at her. Why were we mad at her? Because our home life was a mess. And this little girl was so happy. And we got mad. And we would call her names We would make fun of her. We thought she was a nerd. Because we were missing out on the abundant life she was experiencing. See, when you realize what church is meant to be, it's like, come on, let's go, let's have church. Come on. Uh, We have church in our living room. We have church in our bedroom. We have church in our bathroom. We have church on our deck, we have church in our pool, we have church in the woods, we have church in the grocery store, we have church at the mall, we have church in the gas station. Hallelujah. But when you realize what this corporate gathering is for, man, you are thrilled to be a part of it. If you're not thrilled, you just don't realize yet, God's plan for this corporate gathering. When you start to see that, it's like, let's go, let's go, man, I want to get there. Just talking with our daughter, daughter last night. Talking, she's talking about, she goes to, she's in Killeen, Texas, and, and Danny just got back from his uh, station, and they're together. Again, he was away for a little while with the Army. And uh, we were talking, and they went to a church. Uh, they're in Killeen, and Dallas is like two and a half, three hours away, and, and they want to go to this church again. That's three hours away. Where'd they learn that from? That's how they grew up. If there's life, resurrection life pouring from the pulpit, we're there. Three hours, no problem. How much do you pay for your iPhone? How much do you pay for your MacBook Pro? How much do you pray for that automobile you're driving? What's, what's more valuable, the message of resurrection life or the car you're driving? It's time to decide that because God wants to take you places that your car can't bring you, <laughs> that only his word can take you there. Church is God's warehouse for you to come and get your supply. I love Ross Roberts. That man just, come on. He, he just swips a, flips a switch in me, Yes. But he'll all, when he has some of his meetings, he'll say, "Come and get yours. I came to get mine, and I'll step over you to get yours if you don't get yours." That's very godly. See, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and it's the forceful that take it, that grab a hold of it and experience it. You've got to be a, a fiery warrior in the kingdom if you want what's yours because there's opposition in this world there are there are opposing philosophies to try and make you lethargic and and what's that word apathetic and unfeeling toward the things of God that's not who you are you're a red-hot ball of fire for Jesus Christ Church is a warehouse, highways a warehouse for you to come and get your supply so that God's kingdom can rise to the surface on the inside of you and overflow into the world around you. This is a God-ordained gathering. God set up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers not to go to seminary but to preach the fire of His resurrection life to deposit the kingdom, to awaken the kingdom of God in the hearts of the congregation so that they will rise up and be the people God called them to be. What a day it is today. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Church is God's warehouse for you to come and allow... Allow, let your guard down, let go of your offenses, and allow the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Word and the Holy Spirit to identify your raw materials and the stuff that's spoiled and needs to go. You know, there can be rodents in warehouses. We were rehearsing or doing something here one night, and all of a sudden... It was a bat! And, and there it is actually, no, i was just kidding. But this is a few years ago, we were in here for something, it might have been a rehearsal or a youth event or something, and we just, and of course the screams, Right. So I called the owner, I said, you know, I think we got a bat in that warehouse. He said, yeah, he comes around every so often, <laughs> he said, but he'll leave, I said, okay, thanks, that's good. So <laughs> So, there, there can be rodents. You know what rodents want? They're looking for, for access to your raw materials. That sack of wheat, is there a hole in it that they can nibble, through, nibble and, and get some of the goods? Satan's trying to, to hinder you from living your abundant life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we see Jesus, we looked at this last week, we're going to look at it again, stay with me, we're going to make it all the way through here, we're almost done. We see Jesus modeling this example of church as a warehouse in the book of Luke. Let's go go there to Luke chapter 2 again. As a boy, Jesus understood what church was for. As a boy, 12 year old boy, he was already in on it. He already knew what God's product was and he was already participating in the company. Luke chapter 2, verse 46. For time's sake, we'll start there. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And you remember the backstory. They all came to Jerusalem for the Passover. The whole family and all their acquaintances left, but Jesus stayed in church. He knew that he was being changed as he heard the word. He didn't hear that with the caravan he came with. He wanted to hear it some more. So he chose to stay. Can you imagine your family's leaving and the word is more valuable to you? You don't even have a hotel booked, but you're going to stay in church and hear the word? This is to be our heart. Remember, Jesus was both our uh, substitute and our example. So in this case, he is our example. He was our substitute in everything that he bore for us on the cross. We can't do that. Only he could do that. But he is our example in the heart attitude that he had towards the Father and the things of God. So in this, we model. We we duplicate this in our own hearts. We value what he values just like he did. So there he is, 12 years old as a boy and he chooses that that being in church is more important than traveling with his family and he's sitting there and he's listening and asking questions Luke 2, 46, verse 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his answers. And then mom lets them have it. In verse 49, he says this unto them. Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Did you know you're in business in Highway? We're in business. This is a business. And the product that we're, that we're releasing is the word of God. It's the message of who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and who we are. Now, you know, everyone has, uh, you know, the media has a message. Yes. Come on. Do you know that? It's a corrupt one that's being funded by some big bucks behind the scene. To, to, to make people afraid and to tear apart the fibers of our nation, but it's a message. How much money do they put behind that message? How much? How important it is, is it to them to get their message out? How much equipment do they buy to get their message out? How many buildings do they have and cameras and lights and technology? How much do they utilize to get their message out? Should the church do less? We must be about our Father's business. This must succeed. This message must expand. We must grow. We must go forward. We must see the kingdom of God rising in the hearts of men and women and young people and children everywhere. Hallelujah. This is the father's business to manufacture the kingdom of God in the heart of people. And boy, Jesus knew that if he was going to be a a member of the team and help dad out with his business, that he had to hear the word regularly that was more important than being with his family He placed a premium on church, hearing the Word. Verse 52 of that same chapter, it says, Jesus increased. This is the Son of Man we're talking about now. This is Jesus as our example. God wants you to increase. Do you understand the only reason he increased is because he valued the hearing of the Word and he understood the Father's plan for church. If he would have not valued church, he would not have increased. I don't know that I've ever put things this way before. Jesus had to make decisions that weren't easy to make. His own family ended up thinking he was uh, off his rocker because of his passion for the Father's business. They came around eventually. (laughs) Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So if you want to increase in God, begin valuing the church has given you. Begin valuing the business that's taking place here. The hearing of the word. And don't miss what he has for you. Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's wrap this up. Of course, you know those little rodents wanna eat all the supplies in the warehouse. They want to gnaw their way into the bags of raw materials and and spoil the goods. Satan wants to close God's factory. Satan wants to put God out of business. Satan wants to shut down his warehouse. He can't do that. But what he can do is to tempt you to get offended. So you have to recognize there are signs of rodents. You know one of the signs? Mouse doo doo. You ever seen mouse doo-doo? Yeah. You know there's you know there's mice, right? What's Satan's doo-doo? Offense? Getting you upset with someone, getting you offended. That's do do. Right. Recognize it. Doesn't belong in your life. It stinks. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty five. He said, "When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Forgive." Look what he do. We have oh, thank you. Look at the end of that verse. That your father. Also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Wait a minute. Who said that? The Christ. That means it's perfect truth, right? That means we fully embrace it, right? Because we're His disciples, right? 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 Come on. Right? So, how is this possible that if I don't forgive someone, that, that I can't be forgiven? Why? Because I'm taking a posture of self-righteousness. I'm saying I deserve what God did for me and they don't. It doesn't matter what they've done to you. They could have spit in your face, stole your bicycle, robbed your house, assaulted a loved one. It doesn't matter what they've done. The reality is all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and none of us deserve his forgiveness. And when I hold something against someone else, I am exalting myself above what God has done. And I'm keeping myself from being forgiven. Because I'm saying I don't need God's forgiveness. I'm worthy of righteousness. Do you see that? Pride is a, is a crippling thing. Unforgiveness is a crippling thing. It's a self-righteousness is a crippling thing. It can hinder the word of God from working in your life. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God in Galatians 2.21. For, uh, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. If I think that person, can't, I can't forgive that person, then I'm saying Christ died in vain everyone deserves forgiveness because Christ purchased it for them it's not based on how good or bad I think their life is it's based on what he accomplished for them through his cross death and burial and resurrection and it belongs to everyone through simple faith now when we first got to Rhode Island back in December of 95, we met, uh, met someone and we, came, we went to a church and we met someone. And they told us, to say you really don't need to, uh, you know, corporate church really isn't biblical. They, they met, actually because in the Bible, they met in homes. Now, he was talking to someone who knew the Bible pretty well. And I knew that he was uh, incorrect. Incorrect. He was, yeah, sharing some partial truth there. If you go to Acts chapter 2, we're almost done hanging there. Acts chapter 2, this will be our last scripture. So this guy was down on meeting, coming to church. You could tell he had a chip on his shoulder. Why? Because somewhere along the line, maybe uh, someone said something to him he didn't like. Maybe someone didn't call him. Pastor, you didn't call me. I'm offended. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to not call you. I, I, you know? You, did, you, didn't, you didn't mention my name. You didn't acknowledge me. You didn't let me do what I wanted to do. I'm anointed, and you didn't acknowledge that and let me. I'm just telling you what really happens, what ministers get to see how quickly people get offended, and it's because of their self-righteousness. See, if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And he's Christ, and he is our example. See, his heart attitude, we're all over that. We model that. So people are like, what are you doing serving in a church? You, you, you volunteer in a warehouse? That uh, uh, What? You give your time? Yeah, because I've got to be about my father's business. I've got to be about his business. He's manufacturing his kingdom inside of me, and it's spreading to those I meet. I've got to be about that. Acts chapter 2. So this guy was down. On, and I get that, man. I've been, I've been tempted to be offended. You know, I went through some doozies in church. Woo! I'm not going to go into the details, but they were doozies. And, and, and I went through one that if I would have given into that offense, it would have totally derailed my destiny, derailed me, and it was huge. I mean, there was some, some gross immorality and lies and deception. I'm not talking about, you know, you can't do this. I'm talking about some major issues that I was directly affected by. And it was tough, but I had to lay on my face before God for hours. And I do mean hours. Just me in my closet, on my carpet, in my face, crying, worshiping him, praising him, praying for the person who offended me or or came against me. And I had to do that for hours and days and weeks and months so that I could be at the so that I could continue moving forward on God's path for my life Amen. and not give in to that offense Acts chapter 2 verse 42 and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine now, when you're reading the bible learn about the culture. Learn about how this is real life. People are living this out, okay? This is not a movie. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, had in all things in common, and sold their possessions. These are real people. What is What is motivating them? There was no commandment to do this. The realization of the goodness of God. It is the ultimate motivator. They heard from one of the apostles, Peter, the gospel of grace for the first time in the earth. After the baptism of the Holy Spirit descended upon the 120, they heard the gospel anointed by the Spirit of God for the first time, and they were overjoyed and thrilled. And they began meeting regularly, selling their possessions and their goods, and they parted them to all men and every man, as every man had need. Uh, verse 46, and they continuing blah, blah, blah. and they continuing daily, that would be every day, right? What's today? Sunday. That would mean tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday. Don't these people have jobs? They continue daily with one accord in the temple. What is wrong with these people? God's so good. He's so good. And breaking bread from home, from house to house. Uh, They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So what were they doing? They were meeting in the temple daily and meeting in homes. So people will say, you know, what should we have? Should we have church corporately in a building or should we meet in homes? Both. Should we have church in line or church in person? Both. Church everywhere. Everywhere we can have church, let's have it. Hallelujah. So, this, this, what this man was talking about is after the persecution broke out against the church, they were being drugged off and put in prison and, and slain, that, that the church scattered all over the world. And there's a, we're going to pray for the church in Afghanistan right now. But there are places that they could not meet in the book of Acts or they would forfeit their life. So, they met in homes we're not in that place in America but let me ask you the question there was a, a, a ungodly policy that went forward in in America that was not based on science but based on a political agenda for everyone to stay home you see small businesses are the heartbeat of America and if you wanna bring a country down you wanna eradicate small businesses you want to erode cuz that's freedom that any man or woman can start their own business and, and, and build that and become a vital part of that community. And that's, so when you have this, this shutdown order and this mandate of a vaccine, that's a, that's a devilish order because it's contrary to the freedom that God has given us all. And it's not based on medical science. It's a political agenda. I'm not denying the, the, the actual virus. I know it's real, but I also know it's almost got 100% survival rate. So it's, it's trying to shut down small businesses. Why did I start talking about small businesses? Where was I going with that? The church is a business. Bring it back, Holy Ghost. I know it was good. Not shutting up. Oh, that was it. Yeah. So we had to... Order came down and no one's to leave, right? No public gatherings. Well, we continued for a while, but this is not our own building and we had to defer to the owner. And so we had church online for quite some time, for months. And then we went to church, quote unquote, by registration only. I didn't really care if anyone registered, but I put it up there so (laughs) people would think that we were doing something, you know. Okay. But listen, so people say you're going to have church online, yeah you're going to have church in person, yeah what would happen if another order come out, no public gatherings and then what would happen if access to the internet was taken away ha ah, you'd be gnomes, right do you see what God's called us to it's life with him everywhere we live, everywhere we go so we're meeting, we're going to continue meeting, talking about expansion. We'll continue having weekly worship services and special meetings like we have. This is like a spiritual hub where you have Mary France Verallo coming in and, and all the different speakers we have coming in. We do that for a reason so you can be, uh, your raw materials can be put together inside of you. We're going to continue doing that. All right? We're going to continue to have get-togethers and Bible studies. Sometimes we have those in homes. Sometimes we have them here at the warehouse. And we're going to build our leadership team. We're going to build our helps ministry team again so that the product can keep flowing in one accord. And uh, I share with you the three things we're working on now is creating a quality live stream with quality lighting and multiple cameras and creating video content by topic. Working on that right now. The first first topic we're doing is the goodness of God. It's called Too Good to Not Be True. And it's going to be on our website, it's going to be on YouTube. People can access these messages by topic, and they're broken up into 25 minute segments. Working on that right now. Hallelujah. So we are working on these things, and we believe the Lord is also calling us to plant a church in Nashville and ultimately on the West Coast in LA. Don't have a timeline for any of that. We're just listening, we're praying. We're going to do it. We're going to do what God's called us to do. Get on the train. Let's follow the Holy Ghost. Father, thank You for this time together. We worship You. Lord we're so thankful to be in this warehouse we're so thankful to be your warehouse where your raw materials and kingdom is manufactured in us that the kingdom of God is within us and we're not going backward we're going forward we're not listening to the voices of this world we say yes to you Father and we will manufacture your kingdom in public worship services in person worship services we will manufacture your kingdom in online worship services we will manufacture your kingdom in homes and Bible studies. We will manufacture your kingdom in the workplace and everywhere we go because we are about your business, Father. And this is a family business. In your name we pray. Amen. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.